And away we go. It is another BCJ podcast brought to you by the Holy Grail right here on BearcatJournal.com. As always, make sure you're stopping by the Holy Grail whenever you're in and around downtown. Get yourself some food. Have a nice cold beverage on a warm day in Cincinnati and uh, it'll make your life better. I promise. Hi, Dave. Hello, hello. How you doing? You know what? I'm doing uh, pretty good today because the Mexican pizza is back at Taco Bell, and we celebrated that tonight. And a little nostalgic trip down memory lane, and it, you know, did not disappoint. I I tried to get one. I think I went to Taco Bell Monday, and they didn't yeah. have it at my Taco Bell yet. Today was the first day. Today was the first day. You Kelly could, will be happy to know that. Kelly, you could get it Mexican last system. week through DoorDash. But gotcha. Today was the first day you could actually get it in, you know, in one of the restaurants. She'll be very happy to hear that. We'll have to we'll have to get some Taco Bell at some point in time here soon. Delightful. She's she's a big Mexican pizza fan. I just go either traditional tacos, or uh, I, I like the steak quesadilla. Yeah, I'm a, yeah. a cheesy gordita crunch guy. Yeah, I don't mind a good cheesy gordita crunch from time to time. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. That's like my my change up when I'm when I'm ready to throw a change up. Good cheesy gordita crunch. All right, Dave. Well, we uh, <laughs> it's it's been fairly quiet on the UC front, but uh, we have a lot to talk about in the college sports world. The, the it just uh, means more through everybody. Uh, Christmas in May present <laughs> today. Well, we do have a couple a couple other things to get to, such as the the scholarships uh, or the the recruiting number of twenty five being uh, eliminated for the next two years, and uh, conference championship games officially now optional. We will get to all that stuff here in a little bit. But uh, last night, good old good old Nick Saban decided at a at an event, I guess, promoting <laughs> the World Games in Birmingham. Yeah, he's, he's drumming up uh, some interest for the World Games in Birmingham. Just decided just, to go on a tangent about nil. It just chose violence, <laughs> like just just chose violence and pointing fingers, which uh, th- this is my favorite part, Dave, because uh, you'll be familiar with this. Uh, up until like 20 years ago, uh, SEC coaches just loved doing this and like trying to like tell on each other. And like, it was a constant yeah, like, wheel of, of probation around the SEC cause they ratted on each other. Roy, Roy Kramer was the commissioner before Mike's live. And at one point in time, I don't know what year it was. Uh, he was the commissioner when the SC championship started in 1992. So it was sometime before that. Right. Um, 11 of the 12 teams were either on probation or in the process of be- becoming on probation. Their cases right. were still being decided because that's right. All the coaches did was just rat each other out for cheating. And then Mike Slive came in and said, okay, enough of that. We're going to keep everything in house, and even if you hate each other's guts, and you yeah. think someone's cheating, we're going to handle that behind closed doors and and not uh, 
do it do it like uh, you know Nick did last night and Jimbo holy shit today are just <laughs> amazing so I mean like there's so many things that I loved about it you know that and we'll Jimbo, obviously get into but Jimbo is obvi- obviously very reserved in his comments about about Nick Saban oh, Saban yeah. has Saban has since apologized and basically backtracked and said uh, you know, I, I shouldn't have pointed anybody out specifically. What they're doing is legal. Well, I just don't like it. That's basically. the biggest thing. Like, you to say that you better have some damn receipts, right? Like, you can't just come out and be like, "We had the number two recruiting class, and it's because Texas A and M paid all their bought players. every player." Now, direct quote: Every player. You could do some, you know, insinuating that, wow, they got a five-star from Philly and they got a five-star from over here and a five-star. Like, that's not really typical A&M recruiting territory, but you can't say that. You can't just say, like, the only reason we didn't have the number one recruiting class was because they bought their players. And then taking a a side swipe at Prime – Oh and yeah, like, I mean, what what's the next Affleck commercial going to be? Right. Um, I'm trying to let me see this. This but Dion that, quote was million, fantastic. Million dollars today. for tra- for Travis Hunter. You didn't yeah, say Travis Dion Hunter. Had, yeah. Um, which there was there was rumors that see that's the thing that I think Nick got himself he didn't he you know i don't want to say he doesn't get it but he he might be in that situation where he doesn't like he doesn't need to play the game because they're alabama and he's won seven national championships but like deon sanders isn't giving travis hunter money jackson state isn't giving travis hunter money like jimbo fisher's not giving these players money texas a&m football is not giving them money so like you might not like it. I don't like it. Like, it's part of the whole NIL thing that I don't like. But, like, you can't say they bought their players. That's not, like, Texas A&M didn't. If you just said the boosters, the collective group of boosters bought their players, that's a little harder to refute. But that's not what he said. So, here you go. I don't, Dion, when, when talking about this whole situation... I don't even wear a watch, and I know what time it is. They forget. I know who's been bringing the bag and dropping it off. I know this stuff. I'm not the one you want to play with when it comes to all this stuff. Was that Dion? He finally said something. Yeah, Dion. Well, and Dion basically was because Saban was like, I, you know, I tried to call, and Dion's like, oh, "Don't, don't make comments in public, and then try to come talk to well, me yeah. in private." Jimbo said the same thing. Like, I guess. Saban called him this morning and and he was like yeah we're done I'm not nah bro no I'm not talking to him yeah but like Jimbo had so many great calls like just the the one about my daddy taught me not to cheat and lie and if you cheated or lied you got slapped and someone like someone needs to slap Nick Saban like a 56 year old man (laughs) just said that someone needs to slap a 70 year old man (laughs) and like Jimbo like, 
he's one of the fastest talkers like ever. Yeah. So you like when he just got rolling and it was just like like talking about the God and you know, I worked with him and I know like it was I mean there's so many just like ridiculous things, but <laughs> but it's just like all right, boys, thank you. How about Saban? Just uh, the the righteous indignation to imply that they've never done anything illicit in landing a recruit. I mean, you're at Alabama. Come on, bro. Come on. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you win and you put guys in the NFL, but like, don't don't make it out to be like, you know, this is you know Navy football or yeah. or Northwestern, you know, like super super high standards and you know come on it's how it's much funny. of this is nick saban signaling his boosters the way that he signals his boosters that this is kind of going to be the new normal and we're going to have to well that's the thing figure is like, it out saban's never saying this stuff because he thinks it should go away like he had yeah. a great quote you know, in, around 2012, where it was, you know, I don't something to the effect of like this. I don't know what the sports coming to with the way these offenses are and going. They're going too fast and blah blah blah. Yeah, it wasn't a threat of like we need to do something to stop it. It was a threat of okay, I'll start doing it too. And we've seen what his offenses have become, and so this isn't a like. This should go away. It's uh okay. Well, this is how it's going to be. We we can do this, and we can do this just as good as anybody else. I think the problem for me is if he would have just kept it simple, the point was very valid. That yeah, there's it's just it's the same stuff we've talked about. Like yeah, just say you don't like the idea of a collective giving money to a a player that has not even stepped foot on a college campus yet. And that, because like, and that being a, uh, a factor, like, because of course it's going to be a factor. It would be a factor for any college student, regardless of if they were an athlete or not. But like, just say you don't like that part. You don't have to single out a school. You don't have to say people are buying players. You can just, you could be the voice that actually might get some of this stuff uh, changed a little bit if you just said like this stuff should not be there for players that have not even enrolled in universities yet because they're not this money is not name image image and likeness money they have they have no they have no worth to their name image and likeness as a four-star kid coming out of humble texas or whatever like right they have to first prove that they can be a college athlete and and then if some car dealership wants to give them a car because they feel that there's value there, then sure. But like, we're just pooling money together to give kids to try to incentivize them to pick a school. He could have very easily said that and it wouldn't have singled out any university. I'm sure tons of people would have agreed with him. Yeah. I mean, he actually hit on it. If you look at some of the stuff he was like actually talking about, Outside of, you know, what got the media play when he said, you know, there's there's agents now calling these collectives and saying, $100,000, you can get my kid. Like, 
that's that's not what this was supposed to be. No, but I mean that's the NCAA's fault for not, of course, for fighting it so hard and not just saying like, okay, we'll we'll allow it, but here's what we're going to allow. Right. Like, yes, you can you can do this, but it's only for college athletes, or you can do this, but it's you know this is how it's going to be set up. They just stonewalled it and stonewalled and stonewalled it so long that they finally lost in court, which then meant that anything was okay. And now right. they're trying to, you know, put the toothpaste back in the tube when they once they've realized that, like, okay, the, the greater purpose of this is good, but the structure of it is bad. And now you've got two of the most prominent coaches in the country going at each other's necks in the media. Wide open for everybody to see, which I mean, I I, I think it's it's great for content. Oh, I, I I'm awesome. For I'm, us. Sig- I'm seriously debating figuring out a game. way to go to the game October eighth in Tuscaloosa. 8th, like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, talk about just a, a crowd that will be in an absolute uproar. Oh, it's gonna be and they should both be, they should both be really good. I mean, there's I don't know their schedules, but I would think there's a good a fairly good chance that they're both undefeated going into that game. Like, right, or at most one loss, you would think. Like, yeah, I mean, I just love it. it's so. It was so crazy that Lane Kiffin said like, "This is I'm actually speechless." Right, and <laughs> you gotta love Lane. Just loves jumping in on top oh, of stuff. Man. I was we were all me and all my buddies were just waiting for him. To just like get in on it. And he just like, he's like, I can't even get in on this. <laughs> like Bruce, Bruce Feldman had a quote uh, from some other SEC, I don't know if it's coach or person or something that basically said like, the, you know, usually this stuff gets kept behind closed doors, but these two guys basically just called each other's wives fat in public. <laughs> What's behind Jimbo hating him so much? Like, there was something. This this is obviously something that's been brewing. Yeah, because so when he he worked for him for four years at LSU, won the national championship. Saban went to the Dolphins. According to Jimbo, he had an opportunity to go. He he did not go. Saban comes back to college. He has an opportunity to get on Saban's staff. He chooses to go to Florida State and ride out the Bobby Bowden end of Bobby Bowden's tenure to become coach and waiting and then head coach. So like there's, there's clearly, I mean, he called him a narcissist. Like, yeah. Told you know, he said he had a God complex. He, you know, he, I mean, he, he's, there's something there now. Will he actually talk to the NCAA about it? Eh, well, you know, I doubt it, but you know, there's, and you know, it's just, there's so many angles to it. Like, so, with what Saban said specifically about AM, like, does the NCAA go to the AM players and say, here's the deal? Like, if you, if you don't talk to us, like, we're going to make you ineligible. Right. And then if you do talk to us and tell us what happened, we'll let you transfer wherever you want with no penalty. But the thing is, if it's through a collective and it's through NIL, it's fine. Well, but that's the thing is, like, but is it? Or did they right. just get, you know, does someone just say like, yeah, they just gave my dad 250 grand. I can't imagine 
they're that dumb in how they're doing it. I mean, it's this all this stuff came together awfully fast for a 2022 recruiting class to get nine five stars, several of which had no ties to Texas A&M or the state of Texas. It's the top recruiting class in the history of college football. For them to just all of a sudden know all the ins and outs of how this is going to work without any of this coming back and catching us in the ass. Like, maybe it does. I don't know. And does the NCAA do that? I don't know. I mean, who knows? But, like, that is something that I think they could do if they really wanted to, like, make an example out of this whole sham of the collective and 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 it's not really being – NIL, you know, they could do that. They because they're 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 in school, like they're NCAA athletes, so they actually have to talk. Unlike when they've gone at, like tried to get information from athletes that aren't there anymore, that they can just be yeah. like, "You have no, you have no say over anything that I do." Like I don't have to talk to you. I guess they don't have to talk, but they can then make they them don't. ineligible while they investigate. Like you're ineligible yeah. while we do an investigation. I guess, but boy, do they are they really gonna try to fight this fight? Oh, I, I don't think they would. I just think it's like I think Jimbo got his feelings hurt and then started talking when sure. he probably shouldn't have said anything because like do you want to open that door now? Well, but he did like he didn't go as far as to say they didn't there weren't NIL monies that went to the kids. He said, we, right. he said we, we didn't break any rules. We didn't right. pay. Like we've never cheated. Like, yes, he didn't, you know, he didn't deny that there were these, I mean, he didn't say like, there's no collective. We didn't give any of these guys any, anything type of thing. He did. And as far right. as I know, he didn't say that. Um, but you just, you he know, said everything, but that if you want to have a rebuttal, like you do leave yourself open to, Okay, like let's find out if what Nick Saban said is true, and let's find out if what you're saying about him is true. Like, now I don't think that's going to happen because the NCA and task force or whatever investigative group is, you know, basically me, you, and Aaron in in size and scope. Like, yeah, do they really want to do this? Um, but it's it's a possible. I mean, it's an option. Oh, anything's an option, right? Yeah, it's not. It's, it's not like out. But I'm saying, like, it's not outside of their means to to try that. Yeah, I I just think, boy, if you're the NCAA right now, how weary are you of taking anything to court? Oh, I wouldn't. Because you wouldn't, got I, your ass kicked. Well, I wouldn't do it just because, like, there's already chatter when you know Ohio State's AD basically talking about like a legit breakaway from, from the NCAA. That's never going to happen. But. For power five or FBS as a whole or whatever. I mean, yeah. Um, that's the thing is like, there's always that talk and may, maybe it will happen at some point, but like, if you do that, then, so, then you have to appoint someone as the bad guy. Right. That's why I don't think they'll ever break away. Right. And why would you want to appoint your own people to police everybody else? Like, have a separate entity do it. Then you can always be mad at them. Right. You've got your fall guy built in. Like, 
it, it, I don't think it's ever going to happen, but it would be one of the dumb things that these people would do. Right. Like if you put a committee together of, of people from different leagues to then do enforcement. And then, so then you're like, Oh, they, the committee only gave this sec team this because you know, this person's on the committee and he's more influential and they gave this, you know, big 12 team this because they don't have anybody on the committee right now to, to fight for, you know, like you just have the NCAA over there as your whipping boy and you just don't talk to them. Like, Whenever these things happen, I, I'm amazed when teams talk to the NCAA and think that things are that that's going to make things go better for them. No, just like don't ever say anything. Right. Well, and and what's the one thing that gets everybody in the most trouble? They talk, then they tell lies. Right. They, then lie. they get caught lying, and then they get double the penalty because they got caught in a lie. Right. Silly. Yeah, like Jim Trestle didn't get fired because some dudes got tattoos and sold memorabilia. He got fired because he lied about it. Because he knew it, probably encouraged it. Well, he knew about it and then didn't suspend players and they played ineligible players that he lied about it. Like, same thing with Bruce Pearl at Tennessee. Bruce Pearl didn't get fired because he had a barbecue and Aaron Kraft had his picture taken at his house. Right, right. Fired because he lied about it and then they pulled the pictures out in the meeting and said, okay, well, what, what is this then? <laughs> right. Duh. Um, all right. You got anything more on Saban and Jimbo and Dion and, and this whole scenario? Uh, I, I think it gives great cover to if anybody else wants to do some fishy shit in the SEC right now. Like, I'm looking for my guys to start buying, <laughs> more, buying more players because no one's paying attention to them. How does Saban not take a shot at a quarterback getting $8 million? Because Tennessee is not relevant right now. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's not the only guy they bought either. Like I know. <laughs> they're not they're not exactly uh being coy about it either. Why would you? Right. Like who what is gonna like nothing's gonna happen. Um, all right, we'll, we'll timestamp the uh, Saban-Jimbo conversation there with, are you curious to explore what lies beyond standard craft beer? Take a trip to Urban Artifact. They don't make beer, they make fruit tarts. Come see what the world of fruit, real fruit has to offer. Swing by Urban Artifact's Northside Taproom, mention Bearcat Journal, get $2 off a flight of four. Tasters. Um, do you want to go recruiting limits or do you want to go, uh, championship games first? Wherever you, you, you drive the the ship. We talked a little bit about the championship game, so we'll hit that one first. Um, it's already in act, right? Like the PAC 12 is, is got, yeah, they like came out like an hour instantly and (laughs) said, we're going to have. The two two teams with the highest, you know, conference winning percentages play. Um, the ACC is next, right? Like the ACC seems for as as public as anybody else. Uh, the ACC and I think the SEC with sixteen teams, the SEC almost has to go to pods. 
like the the fucking divisions just doesn't work and i don't know if the non-divisions actually makes it any better because you're still going to get because they're still only going to do eight conference games like they're not going to go to nine yeah so they got to get to six wins so right so if they only go eight conference games and you you're you know and you just don't have divisions like you're still only playing that team that like you know there's somebody that you're not going to play at their place every eight years so you go to pods and you cycle through them faster that way there's been i mean there's been talk about pods forever right yeah, I mean, I think that's like once they went to sixteen. There's been talk about that. They just yeah. Didn't. I mean, it's it's basically it's funny how they call it pods, but it's basically small the, divisions. It's the, the AFC. The, the, it's the AFC NFC with the AFC right. North and East and South and what you know. Right. It's the same thing. <laughs> um. Does the Big Ten like the Big Ten East winner getting? to beat up on the Big Ten West and the Big Ten title game? The Big Ten doesn't have any idea how to do this. I've read things that they're, like, thinking about just redoing the divisions, which makes no sense either. Like, why? they've already done that once. They've already proven that they don't know how to put divisions together to begin with. Leaders and, and legends? Yeah, and then, so now you're, like, you have all these teams that are good right now in one division but like there's no guarantee that that i mean outside of i think ohio state but like there's no guarantee that that's just always going to be like that it's so usually going to be like so that. You, no but i mean like the other teams i, I know that's what i'm saying it's usually going to be like that michigan michigan state penn state I mean, are I'm just, generally I'm, I'm, anti-division, I'm anti-division period so like yeah I don't understand why they would not just scrap them, but you know, they they're smarter than everybody else anyway. So, you know, just ask them. They'll tell you. Yeah. Um, big 12, what read? I know it's, it's kind of hard to really, there really isn't one. Like there's just not with, with Bob Bowlesby, set to retire and we're not we're still not to the official like when the four teams are coming in we're we're all working under the assumption that texas and oklahoma are going to stay for the duration of their tv contract like there's just i have not seen anything that really gives me an answer one way or the other um to say I think that they'll do this. I think they'll do that. Like, I think it certainly makes the most sense to not do it again. I'm not into divisions. Right. Um, so, you know, they don't have divisions now, do they? The big 12. Yeah. Do they? I don't even know. (laughs) I should probably know that. No, but they were discussing them. Because remember, they went. They were round robin, right? And then twelve teams, nine games. No, they Which, were ten teams, nine games. Ten teams, nine games. Yeah, that's round robin where everybody yeah, plays right. everybody. Um, yeah. so no, they didn't have divisions, but then 
the conversation was they were talking about division. Right, they were going to go down to eight, then add the four to get to twelve. So it would be six and you know six and six, and they were talking. Well, they're probably going to have to go up to fourteen for a year or two, at least. Yeah, I mean, because you're going to have BYU next year. BYU, UC, UCF, and Houston next the ne- year. No, then the next year after no BYU's in. 2023, same as when you see in. I thought the they were. In, I thought they were in. Your they could be in now. I, they could have been in now, but I think their scheduling stuff prevented. They get out of it. Yeah, they're not going to be in for 2022. And I don't know that the Big 12 really wanted to kind of rework the schedule for a, a year later. Yeah, like I don't know. I, yeah, so they're four, not in. 14 teams. Yeah, I mean, I would hope that it's not divisions. Um, the nice part is, I mean, maybe even if it is, it's for, you know, two years until Texas and Oklahoma leave. You don't really have to scrap it. it if, if you put them in opposite divisions so that they could still play, yeah. then if when they leave, you could just keep, you could keep the divisions the way they are. I think with with 14, divisions make a lot more sense than with 12. Yeah, I mean, because you would have your six games in your own The bigger you get, the more you need some classification to how you're scheduling, right? How your scheduling matrix is going to work. Yeah, I mean, you have 14 teams, you have seven in each division. You obviously don't play yourself, so you play your own six Six games and and then three in the other, um, you know, I don't know. It's, uh-uh. we'll have a, we'll have a guest next week that might be able to shed some, some light on that. Good to hear. Good to hear. Cause I, I mean, I've read a bunch about it. I like, I've, I've looked up a bunch. I mean, I, I just, there's just not really like... any, anything substantial that I've seen that says that they're, leaning one way or the other. Right. And I've seen things about the ACC. I've seen conversations about the SEC. Like, just haven't seen anything. Obviously, the Pac-12 has already said something. Um, so. I, I think it's interesting that, I mean, there's a good chance that they just haven't even gotten to that point, right? Like, there's so many other things the Big 12 is trying to sort out right now that maybe they don't even want to get to that until they've got the other stuff figured out. Yeah. And might be just waiting till the AAC stuff is right. That's what I mean. Finalized. And then you at least know exactly what, I mean, it's kind of pointless to, to put out even to have a discussion about it without knowing like when we would actually go in, this would go into effect. How much do you think these, like, um, you know, you have three opponents you play every year and five or six rotating, like, how much do you think that is potentially the wave of the future? Or has that just been a talking point, like, as all this stuff is coming out? I I mean, what do you... What do you mean by like wave of the future? Like, as opposed well, to if, like if conferences do start eliminating conference, like 
divisions. Yeah. How much do you think that's the path that they're going to take where you have these, you know, like scheduled blocks of this team plays these three teams every year and then we rotate the other ones. Yeah, I mean, I think you still have to because you still have to like, you have to build up rivalries and you have existing rivalries. Like you're, you're not gonna, you're not gonna go to no divisions and just have like a, a true like rotation where Ohio State and Michigan don't play every year. Right. Or like Alabama and Auburn don't play every year. Because they just rotate through each other. Like, that's that doesn't serve any purpose. Yeah, but at that point, you just schedule – you have one rivalry game, and then the rest can rotate. Eh, I mean, like, I guess maybe, but I think it, it serves – it serves the collective group better to build in more interesting games so that you don't get a schedule um, – you know, where you're, you know, playing a bunch of teams that you don't have any history with whatsoever, especially like in the Big 12's case. Yeah, but I mean, if you're Ohio State, do you really want to hypothetically have your, you know, your, their three regular games would be Michigan, Michigan State, and Penn State, right? No, I mean, well, I think you change that. Well, you can't set three teams that you play every year and then change it. No, I mean you change. You don't have those be their three games. But Maybe those are their three games every like. One in because there was division. So now maybe it's Michigan, Penn State, and Minnesota or something like. You just and it's Michigan. Michigan plays Michigan State and Penn State and Nebraska or something like. The, the whole, like, I guess the whole traditional rivalries because of divisions does have to go away a little bit because you can't make those teams – like, that's inequitable. Right. Ohio State has to play the three hardest games in the conference every year. And the other team ha- – the other teams have to play, you know – Right. You know. Northwestern, yeah, Rutgers. Not, it's and not fair to Ohio State to have to play – Maryland. In- yeah, and it's also not fair to, you know, you know, it's yeah, it's not fair to make Ohio State play those three games, and it's also not fair because then that means somebody else is, you know, like you said, is playing Rutgers, Minnesota, and Purdue. It, you know, that's, that's you know, you kind of have to redo all of it to make it as equitable as you can for everybody knowing that yes, the, some teams are going to have to play predominantly better programs historically, but you also hope that there's, you know, um, other teams that jump up and become more of a power. And it's not this, you know, the same teams that we've had in certain leagues for a long, long time. I mean, it feels like it in the SEC, but like, you know, when I was going to school and, and growing up, which is not that long ago, like Alabama wasn't good. You know, Tennessee beat right. them 10 years in a row. You know, the, Georgia, you know, the big rivalry in the SEC was Tennessee and Florida. Right. So, you know, you hope that you have teams that 
can take advantage of name, image, and likeness, can take advantage of all of this TV money. And yes, it's obviously going to still help the top teams, but you would think eventually all these dollars do something for the middle of the pack, which in a lot of these conferences, for some reason it hasn't. I don't know if it's because the top teams have such a grip on. Well, what's going to happen is you're going to, back to the NIL briefly, is you're going to have the Tennessees of the world paying for the tier of players under the elite tier uh, and nothing's essentially the rosters are going to stay the same and they're just going to be paying more money for the next tier of recruit. Or they pay more money to get the, <laughs> the, the better kids. Maybe we'll see. All right. Uh, J- Jason asked, would you rather two or three permanent rivals when UC joins the Big 12? I would go with three because I would like to play West Virginia and UCF, and then I would like to play a historical Big 12 opponent. Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably why I settle with, with three, um, just because I would guess that the two, if it's two, it would be West Virginia and Central Florida. Uh oh, going back to the dark. Uh, that freaks a couple people out. They don't know what's going to jump out from behind you. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, I would. I guess I would prefer three. Um. I do think it would be interesting with two. Uh, you would get seven games. So in a two-year span, you're going to get the rest of the Big Twelve. Right. Every other year. Essentially. And basically, you're going to have to play. Like, somebody you're playing pretty much every year. Well, yeah. Just that's – even in a rotation, you're still going to end up, you know, unless they find some, like, uh, matrix that allows it to, you know, they they, they reschedule it like 10 years out. You also do – what, you do three because then – because if you only do two – those are going to be home and road. Yeah. And then you have seven games. I think. Well, at nine games, there's only two teams you don't play every year anyway. Right. I just like the three because I want to play a Baylor or an Oklahoma State or whoever it might be. Like, I want to build. That was the thing that was so terrible about the AAC is there were just no rivalries. So, like, I want. We obviously have a rivalry of, with UCF. We have an old, what I guess just you could call it. Right. I guess you could call it a rivalry with West Virginia. I mean, it's been a while, so I don't know. You know, we, you know, that'll kick back up quickly. Right. But I mean, I'm not sure I would go to the point of like saying it's a rivalry like a Louisville was, uh, you know. Yeah. I mean, I guess I would say the re, well, and here's what'll be interesting. The reason the West Virginia rivalry took off was because they were kind of the, the big dogs of the Big East, right? Oh, for sure. I mean, you had, you had, Pat White, it's Steve Slayton, it's Noel Devine. Like, yeah, I mean, they were the one year they were like they would have gone to the national championship if Pitt didn't upset them, and, right. you know, at the end of the year. So yeah, it, it popped up because they were really good, and then we got good and beat them. And <clears throat> but they also kicked our ass <laughs> for the first, right, yeah, for the first you know several years that we joined the Big East. So. But I, I just would like to build something. Like the whole point of going to the Big Twelve is to build 
on the tradition and the and all of that, that the conference has like I don't know if you get that same feeling if you're just playing UCF in West Virginia every year as your quote unquote, as your quote unquote rivals. But you're still going to be playing almost the rest of the oh for sure every year. But so. I just like having the idea of like yeah we're going to play Oklahoma State every year or we're going to play Baylor whoever it is I would just use those two because that's the two that I would want to play the most. But I'm sure that's also the two that UCF and Houston and BYU want to play the most because they're the two that have the most name recognition, have the most cachet, have the most tradition, you know, have been the best teams relatively recently. You know, they're not traditional powers, but over the last 20 years, they've been pretty damn good. Dave, you look lovely tonight. I know. I try to do my best for you guys. Does BYU Stadium sell alcohol? Come on. Come on. Do they even sell regular Coke? Right. Do they do they sell uh, anything but water and assorted varieties of uh, naturally flavored water? Water. And by naturally flavored, I mean they like their blueberry yeah, water. As they beautiful as their campus is and as beautiful as the stadium setting is, there is a less than zero percent chance I will ever go to a game there. Less than zero. Oh, no chance. Caffeine free RC. No, the only place that has <laughs> caffeine free RC cola is the Heritage Bank Center. Yeah. Who somehow has a deal with Deja Blue Water, RC Cola, and, Seven yeah. Up, which I love Seven Up, but uh, RC Cola, Sunkissed Orange. The Deja Blue Water one is my favorite because, like, you literally cannot get that anywhere else, I think, in the world except for in that arena. It's literally – it's just tap water, right? Like, they just – they have a factory with a tap that just – In the basement, the, and they're yeah, just, they're the just filling up bottles, taking them out of the trash, and refilling them. And and sending them to the, to the Heritage Bank Center, and that's it. Like, how bad is the water to – for the water to be a brand that is literally not sold anywhere except anywhere that else. Yeah. Everybody else is like, like, no, you know, they talk about like, Oh, well, the Bush light or the, the natty light is like the, the crappy bud light or whatever. Like, so what is the crappy water? <laughs> like, where's that blue. coming? But where's that coming from? I, I told you it's coming from a tap, <laughs> like in a factory. Somewhere. No, I mean, it's in the basement of the heritage bank center. Like they just oh. take out the trash <laughs> and rinse out the bottles and put new deja blue. In. Uh. <laughs> and then they buy the you can buy the caps that are un, unbroken on Amazon and they just pop them on there. Yeah. Oh, Aquafina is very crappy. So deja blue is even worse. So <clears throat> let's get to the other rule change that came through yesterday. Uh, this is a two year deal. Uh, filtered so like it's Ohio not River gonna Road. happen. Yeah. So it goes away after two years. Um, it'll be re reevaluated at oh, two okay. years. So basically, they're they're not sure that this is the answer. I, I think is what we're finding out. Oh, I think it's definitely the answer. Um, we'll see. I I don't know that it's. I think it's. It, I think it's on the right path to the answer, but I don't know that it's specifically the answer. Because I think this opens back up the days of Tennessee signing 42 kids in a recruiting class. That's fine if you can keep it under the 85. Um, how do you do that? 
Well, I mean, Kansas is rostered at, at the point of signing. Kansas is rostered the last few years. Could it could have used this rule? Like that's what it's there for. I agree that there are people that could have used this rule and and will use it properly. But so what get did we just of, find out about nil? You'll get a bunch of runoffs. Right, and and those kids could be other places doing great things, which is fine. They could have been at other places doing great things out of high school, but they jumped into. Here's the thing, and and this is what's going to be interesting to me. And I've had I, we talked about this a little bit last night, um, on the the nightcap. How how far do schools really want to go anymore in signing a large number of high school kids, right? Well, that's the thing is how far do they want to go? And if you're like a, a really good, successful, stable program, this doesn't affect you. Like you're, Not never, really. gonna, you're never going to be signing 35 guys. Yeah. But the average coach stays what five years. But even if, even if it's, even if the coaches leave, if it, like if if like Brian Kelly, we'll just use him as an example. Brian Kelly left Notre Dame; their shit didn't go to hell in a handbag, and they needed because to they hired Marcus Freeman that like recruit like had a, a bond with all. Okay, those guys. so take any major program or any mm-hmm. su- successful program for longer than five years. Like if Nick Saban retired tomorrow, they're all their recruits are just going to leave. It's not the recruits that are the problem. It's the guys on the team. Train like look at Oklahoma. Well, that's what I mean. But like they got crushed with transfers. Okay, so and they won they, consistently for for five, ten years. Then I'm fine with the rule. I just i I don't think there should be a like, see I never understood the if you have a cat if you have a high end number that you need to stay under in this case eighty five. What does it matter how you get there? Is has what I've always thought. Yeah, I, I just think it, 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 I guess the problem is, is it brings back memories of why the 25 was introduced. Well, yeah, Houston Nut at Arkansas signed 40 guys one year. Yeah. It's the, it's the Houston Nut rule. I mean, that's right. what it is. But, like, you're not going to, like, if you're if you're having to do this, it's not because things are going good. No. So, like, I would think it wouldn't be a big deal because – you would want things to be going good. And if they're not like you've got bigger issues than having to fill a roster. And if you, and then if a new coach comes in or whatever happens and they should have, they shouldn't have one arm tied behind their back because the last guy set, you know, lit the place on fire. And now I can't even compete because I have 40 open spots, but I could only bring in 25 guys and we're, We've won three games in the last three years, so who the hell wants to come here? And and so then you're handcuffing me even more. Like, I don't think that should be a thing. I think – the thing I think is I favor more of a, like, keep the 25 as the base, and then you get to go one for one after that. One out, one in. Like a, like a fucking nightclub. Yeah. You know? I get it. I'm just like my my philosophy, like my point of view is, I don't really understand. Like if you are, if you have one limit, I don't understand why you need a second limit. 
Houston, not at Arkansas. <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't do anything. Like, that's the thing. It's like, yeah, there was no tangible gain from that. Maybe. I mean, were they were they terrible because of that? Or were they terrible because they played in a division with Alabama, Auburn, and LSU? Or they were terrible because Houston Nutt was their coach. Yeah, that's possible too. I'm not ruling that out. <laughs> and that's why they needed to fill 40 spots. <laughs> I'm not ruling that out. And that was before the transfer portal. And before that the was... SEC West got real good. Right. It was um, good, but it wasn't what it, it wasn't is now. It, yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't – I'm not anti the way that this is going. I just don't know of throwing your hands up and saying you can now sign however many kids you want. Um, I think it helps programs that are trying to rebuild – like yes. that were that are real, like real bad situations, like Kansas, right. like like USF. Um, and then I think what I think it won't really matter to the perennial top twenty-five teams. What it'll do though is your middle of the road power five new coach. He's going to run a bunch of dudes off so that he can bring in a shit ton of transfers and his own guys. Yeah. And get, say he's, you know, I'm getting the program the way that I want it, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, so you'll get, so you'll get more runoffs, but like, who's run? Like, I mean, Luke doesn't run hardly. I mean, if he has run one guy off, like I, you know, we would have to rack our brains to think about it. Like guys leave on their own. Typically guys leave major schools, guys leave power you know, schools that are competing for college championships, they're not getting run runoffs. Like they're recruiting so well that it's obvious to the kid that like, you're not going to play. So you should probably transfer. They're not going to 10 guys after spring practice and being like, pack up your shit, and get out of here. Cause I need more dudes. Uh, this isn't Chris, Chris Mack is not coaching college football. Here you go, Dave. How you like this? I can't even see it. You can't see it? Well, no, because I have I don't have the thing enlarged I, so I could see the comments. What is it? Uh, Cole Harding stealing home against UCF tonight. Huh. Are they still beating that ass? Uh, they are up 10 to 4 in the top of the 8th. Well, I'm glad UCF could make all that possible. Yeah, they won the first game, so whatever. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I mean, there's there's going to be – obviously, there's going to be good and bad, just like any rule, and certain coaches are going to figure out a way to make it terrible for their players because that's what these assholes do. Um, but for the, for the most part, I'm fine with it. Like, I think it benefits – it benefits coaches that need. I agree. I, I just think that that it's not a. I think there's a reason they only did two years. I think it's not oh, it's, a finalized. It's definitely not like a slam dunk. Oh my god, why haven't we just been doing this the whole time? It's you know we're so dumb because we haven't. You know, we got rid of it. Um, so, but I, you know, you want to sign thirty five dudes? That's probably it's probably because you you don't have very many good players to begin with. So, whatever. 
And like we talked about last night, you got an 85 man roster. You really want 40 freshmen? Yeah, you, you want 40 freshmen in transfers? <laughs> and, and then you couple that with your redshirt freshman that didn't play the year before. So now you got 55 guys on your 85 man roster. Well, and then that... take it, take it one more year. So then you're you say you have a big senior class. Right. And then you bring in 25 more freshmen. So then you got you got 20 something red shirt sophomores. You got a bunch of freshmen, red shirt freshmen, transfers, and then you got a bunch of true freshmen. Yeah. That's and basically now you're your it's basically yeah. your entire roster. And then 15 other guys between your junior and senior class. Right. Yeah. So like good I think luck winning that way. That's why I think it's not gonna be like it's it sounds funny and fun to say like, oh, they might sign 40 guys and have the number yeah, seven, like when seven it, recruiting class with an 84 rank rating. Yeah. But, you know, I think it's mainly so that if things do go sideways, you don't spend like two, three full seasons getting your teeth kicked in. Sure, because what happens? Then you get fired before you, you fired. ever even had a chance to get on your feet. <laughs> right. Because firing in college sports now has become a two-year deal, which is If you don't do well by the end of year two, you're in yeah. jeopardy of your your school just saying, you know what, not working. Yeah, year three is your like make or break season. Right, and there's like, dudes getting fired after year two. So, um, let's let's change the conversation for a moment. Ryan Day got extended. What's this mean for Fickle? Uh, it means Ryan Day got extended. I mean, I. It, I don't know. I. It means that if some NFL team wants to hire Ryan Day, they're going to have to pay him probably eleven to twelve million dollars a year, right? Because he's now making over nine, and I don't see him just leaving for some shitty, you know, for the, uh, you know, Bears if it doesn't work in three years with their new coach for the same amount of money. But that's kind of where NFL jobs are headed right now, right? Aren't they? Getting up near ten, pushing up past ten, and if they're not, they will because Some, the college standard is nine point five. That's what now. I'm saying. Like, would you rather make nine million at Ohio State or eleven million at the Bears and get fired in three years if Justin Fields isn't awesome? Right. I mean, Although, it's, it's guaranteed. You can go right back to that's my. That's always been my thing. Like, you go to the NFL, you get fired. Guess what? Ryan Day would have a job in one day back in somewhere in college for the same amount of money he was making before. Right. It's not like his career's over if, if he wanted to do that, but sure. I just, you know, I just, it, I think it just adds a couple more <clears throat> years likely that, you know, not that we were too worried to begin with, but I'm, I'm never going to like not, you know, give a little smirk when the Ohio state coach is now making you know, almost 10 million bucks. Right. And I don't know, like, I still am not sure if that job opened that they would sprint to Luke Fickle. Maybe not. I don't know. Just don't even want to, I mean, I don't really want to spend a minute thinking about it. (laughs) (laughs) Why bother? It's like wasted time. That's fair. Which is like, um, that's my whole thing with, that's just right on line with my whole, the whole UCF thing. Yeah. Ah, oh, that's just messing with those idiots. No, their deal. side of it. Like, 
it's a lot of time spent on a team that you're not a fan of. Right. <laughs> like, I just could never imagine putting that much time and effort into. Yeah, I don't care. Like, I'm a Bengals fan. Like, the Browns or the Steelers or the Ravens or or them, for that matter. Like, we don't right. talk about them unless there's, like, a game going on. And they talk right. about us all the time. Yeah, that part is very strange. Like, I've never tweeted from the Bearcat Journal account anything about Central Florida that does not have to do with an actual sporting event. Right. Don't care. But literally, <laughs> could not give a single shit. Right. Not one. At what they do ever in anything. No. It's just not something that, that, that interests me. Um. All right, let's uh, let's move into one more college football topic. I wanted to get uh, ironed out with you. We're we're at that point in May where things are very slow. That, the, uh, uh, I did see a tweet, until, other, a tweet yesterday, the day before, maybe the uh, Athlon, the Athlon season preview comes out the beginning of June. Can oh, wow. be can be purchased online a week early if you're looking for some. You know, real insightful uh, Bearcat write-up. I, you know, I happen to know someone that contributed. So, you know, I think it's pretty accurate. I think we need to have a contest this year with our members to tell us, you got to buy the Athlon preview, you got to buy the Lindy's preview, and then tell us which preview for Cincinnati you think is best. I'm down. Aaron, what do you think? Is he there? This it's my first crack at it, so I don't I don't know how I'm feeling. <laughs> You're not ready to take a swing at Dave? Well, how many times has Dave written for the Athlon now? Uh, I think this was the third year. So there there has to be some type of leniency with not having I mean, I also just saved what I did last year and copy and paste <laughs> new players and, and change stats to and, and I mean literally it takes me like an hour to do the the article, the depth chart. The two deep and uh, suggestions for all conference players. The crazy thing is, I feel like it's already changed with the, you know, the addition of uh, Noah Potter and I'm, I think I had Kiner on there, but Kiner didn't have a number yet, and I don't know. Things are already changing and evolving since two weeks ago. My guy, my guy kept asking me like, are you, can I get this? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to, you're going to have to wait a little bit. Like uh, there's something that I'm going to put in it that I can't send it to you now. <laughs> was, was it Kiner? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so in case you haven't figured out, uh, Dave wrote the Athlon Cincinnati preview. Aaron wrote the Lindy's Cincinnati preview. So everywhere you go, it's, it's Bearcat journal content. You can't escape it. I'll have to get. I'll have, I'll have to get the Lindy's one this year. I, I never. I don't usually get it because hopefully they send you one because Athlon sends sends us a copy. I don't know. I, we'll find <laughs> out. Maybe yeah. we'll have a reading. Like maybe one, the, the a lot. One, yes, one, a live reading. <laughs> a live reading. Eric, Aaron will have to read Dave's UC preview, and Dave will have to read Aaron's UC preview. The only, thing, the only thing I really ever care about is trying to get the depth chart as close as you can for writing something 
in March for a season in September. September, right? Because all I, I just don't want some UC fan to open it up and be like, "This guy doesn't have a fucking clue what he's talking about." Yeah, you guys, that, talk for a minute. I'll be right back. I had both quarterbacks on my uh, on mine because I'm I don't who was it I I don't know who it is. Yeah, it's you know, there's just certain there's certain things you just you know you have no idea and you know and. You're guessing on certain things because in the spring there's injuries and and things like that. So you're trying to project a little bit, and and they like mine. They ask you to like highlight returning starters, and we yeah. know how it is. Like here, like Deshaun Pace is a starter, but like Ty Van Fossen's basically a starter too, and yep. and and stuff like that. So you're just you're just trying to make it so that our fans read it and aren't angry. You know, be, like they are, like we get it. Other things that are written when they're like, this guy doesn't even play for them anymore. Like, you know, stuff, 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 stuff like that. Or, Hopefully, there's not too much of like, that. You know, major league. This, this guy's dead. Then cross him off. <laughs> I don't know. It, it should be a. Uh, it should be interesting to see. You know, considering how long, or how how long before the season we both wrote our articles. How how off they end up being by the time? I don't know. I mean, I think there, you know, there's some position battles, but like the offensive line is pretty much set. The wide receivers are pretty, you know, the are pretty much. I don't know. It should be interesting to see what they end up doing with the with Mets because who yeah, knows if I he ends up at guard or tackle. I, don't know. I think he's definitely a guard. Like I. I don't see him then going back out to tackle. I don't know. They have been talking an awful lot about potentially kicking him out there. Well, I saw that once. I don't need to see it again. Yeah. Different head coach or different uh, position <laughs> coach. So maybe. No, right. Maybe he. Cummings wants to see him at tackle. Does that mean he's going to, to go right. back to playing tackle? They also want to see Alec Pierce at linebacker. That lasted two days. So we'll see. But no, everybody buy these magazines. I get no cut depending on the sales, but you know, I can only speak for the Athlon one. It's very good. It's very in depth. They they do a wonderful job covering the entire sport. So yeah, you're I'm just hoping to promote it. yourself. You're you're just trying to keep your head above water with your your first Lindy's preview. I mean, I, I'm I'm excited to have another magazine to put on the, you know, living room table uh, to go along with the, uh, pardon the punctuation, city beats that we were, we had I think three in a row, um, top three for best sports coverage, somehow. <laughs> we may have stuffed the ballot. I don't know. Yeah, that's why I don't get into that. I mean, I I could win. The way that we vote on things, like when I get people to vote in polls, like I could get Bearcat Journal to win something, but I'd rather just somebody say, like, you're the best. I don't want to have to stuff the ballot to do it. Sorry, I got our name out there. No, no. For for that purpose, yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, if you'd asked me 10 years ago, my answer would have been different. Where we're at now, I'm like, you know, you know how to find us. Come get some. Uh, I have no idea what this means. Armageddon or Apollo 13? Movie. Which, oh. which is better. Okay. I don't know. I don't watch movies. I haven't seen either of those in 15 years, probably. All right. Armageddon. I'm going to let you guys go ahead. But, we asked uh, you too. All right. So what? what is the other 
football thing you wanted to discuss? Armageddon. We're in we're in um rank the coaches season. Oh, okay. Rank the coaches season. Uh CBS did one, but it was only power five. Okay. And if you're gonna do one that doesn't include Luke Fickle, then what are you doing? I mean, why 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 do you have a list? They're not a power five league. I know, but if you're gonna rank the best coaches in college football. Well, you would be doing a different ranking. They chose to do a, a power five ranking. Which I disagree with. So if, if if I did a best coaches in the group of five ranking, should I have Nick Saban in it? No, because I don't well, think you should do a best coaches in the group of five either. No, because the only reason you. you have to do that is because you create one for the power five. <laughs> that's not what it is. If I'm looking at a best coaches list, I want a list of the best coaches. Right. I don't want to be you like, should, these right. are the best coaches Except for the guys we didn't include. I'm not saying there shouldn't be that there should be a qualifier. They just chose to have one. Okay. Uh, and then uh, Big Game Boomer, which oh. everybody knows is, you know. How does, this, do how does this person Twitter account actually get run? I don't like know. It's, it's literally could be like a nine-year-old. No, they've actually got a podcast and stuff. Oh, okay. Um. All right. Here you go. Top 10, Nick Saban, Kirby Smart. I'm not ready to move Kirby Smart all the way up to number two. Why can't I expand my like, – I can't even see. I don't know. There we go. That's better. Nick Saban, Kirby Smart, Dabo, Jimbo Fisher at four. I don't agree with that. I think Jimbo's a really see, good coach. Here's here's the thing with coaches. They went four coaching and four list. in the SEC last year. Co- coaching list. Is this who I think is – actually a great football coach or who has had uh, the best career as a coach because they've been at certain schools i i would have it be who do i think is the best football coach okay well then yeah this this is not even close to like what i would where like matt campbell if we're talking best football coaches he's way higher than 25th yeah but that's not what i'm that's not what i'm getting at here. No, I know. Mac I know Brown number that, five. But... Come on. Right. That's a career. Come that's on. a career achievement award. And is it has his career really been number five? I mean, they won a national championship. They're pretty they're, they're pretty damn good. They were. But it's it's not like he's cranking out powerhouse I mean, like, teams. Uh, yeah, but in I mean, a how many, how many other guys on that list have won a national championship? Mm, that's fair. <laughs> That's because Saban's won them all. Nobody, nobody else has won it. He can say no, no. I mean, the list is small. You got to, I mean, got to give him credit. It's hard to Ryan do. Day. And number six, Ryan Day. But I still wouldn't have number five. Like no. Yes. Number six, Ryan Day. Number seven, Lincoln Riley. Number or eight, our higher. old friend. You'd have Lincoln Riley higher. Yeah, because I think he's a, a great football coach. I think he's a great offensive football coach. Yeah, I mean, that's what he does. Yeah, but he now he's a head coach. Yeah. So and, he's responsible for both. And they went to the playoff almost every year he was at Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Number nine, Luke Fickle. Ten, Mike Gundy. Eleven. Why do people love yeah, Mel like, Tucker? He's been he was not great at Colorado and he had one halfway de- like better than decent year at uh, Michigan State. Like that makes no sense. Gus Malzahn at 12? He won a national title. He did? Oh, no, he didn't, actually. 
No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, he didn't. What's his That's name? Right. Did right. <laughs> I, I can't think of his name right now. Uh, Chiswick, oh, right? Gene Chiswick, yeah, yeah, Chiswick. Harbaugh. I guess thirteen's probably about right. But Michigan's been really good. They've just had an Ohio State problem. Yeah, I mean they're they're not bad. Kyle Whittingham, Mario would, Cristobal. Like I would have both of those guys higher because I just think they're good football coaches. Like Lane what Kyle Whitting, Kyle Whittingham, what, what Kyle Whittingham's done at Utah is remarkable, super impressive to me. Uh, Chip Kelly, come on. That's Still? another like career, you know. Yeah. Oregon Dave days. Ar- Dave Aranda, I'd have much higher. Uh, Pat Fitzgerald career. Sam Pittman. I would say Pat Fitzgerald career, but also like that's a really hard job. It is for sure. So like, what is for your sure. what is your expectation, and how often are you exceeding expectation, knowing that? how hard of a job it is compared to some of the teams that are you're competing against in your own conference. Uh, how's that? Does that make it better for everybody? How is Brent Venables even on this list? He's never been a fucking head coach. <laughs> it's a good one, right? <laughs> like Bill Clark at 46 is disgraceful. Like it's a, it's a, they tr- the university of Alabama ended their program. Like that is what happened. The the board of trustees ended UAB, and he still brought them back, and they're good. Like he's a very very good football coach. Joey McGuire, forty seven, never been a head coach. Um, I don't I don't understand how that how you even get on a list of best head. How's coaches. Jeff Trailer at UTSA, forty fourth? I mean, he should. Like, at they least... went from a nothing to like somewhat relevant. Like, is that right, better, guys? Can you see that better? How is Scott Satterfield ahead of Jeff Trailer? <laughs> yeah. Scott Satterfield has been awful at Louisville. And, and trying to leave to no, with no success. Mike Leach is 41. Yeah, I mean, like, it's I'd have him a little higher than that. Probably. But yeah, I mean, so what are you are you asking me if I think Luke Fickle is in a uh, where in a, where let let's do our, our personal top tens out of this okay i guess or at least do our personal top until we get to luke fickle list okay uh i think we'd all agree saban is very easily number one saban's number one i would have man this is a tough one because i think he's slipping he's slipping a little bit i would have Dabo too i would have Dabo too as well what we learned i don't know if he's slipping as much as what we learned this year is that if you don't if if your anointed quarterback stinks, you're in danger of dropping some games. But they, he's also been a very hardliner, uh, old man screaming anti-transfer cloud, portal. anti-transfer portal. So he finally has realized that like recruiting, and they've done a really good job recruiting. But like they're so ultra specific about it that when you do miss on a class, which they've kind of done recently, like you have to get some transfers. If you, if your expectation is national championship. Yeah. But I would still have him second. I mean, he has won a title. They've been the premier team in the ACC. They've been to, you know, almost every playoff, like would still have him second. Um, third. Ryan day. 
You think Ryan Day over Kirby? Yes. I think I would go Kirby third, but I don't think Day would be far behind him. I mean, you could make an argument. I would put Kirby fourth. So it's like it's semantics. Right. Really it's like... tomato, tomato type yeah. deal. I, I just I, I haven't seen I've seen Kirby Smart put pretty good offenses out there. Not great, but pretty good. I haven't seen great Ohio State defenses under Ryan Day yet. I mean, they had pretty good defenses when they had the Boses. That was right at the end of... Yeah, Urban. Urban. Yeah. Uh, five. Brian Kelly. Go link. You go Brian Kelly all the way to five? Yeah, I mean, the guy's won literally everywhere. Yeah. He has won everywhere and big. <laughs> like... He's the winningest coach in Notre Dame history. He won how many national championships at Grand Valley State? He took UC to two BCS games. Like, the dude can fucking coach. I don't care what anybody thinks about him. Yeah, that's fair. Like, be don't be Incredible. so don't be so jaded that you can't recognize that. Like, he's won everywhere. Yeah. Okay, so Saban. Dabo, Smart, and Ryan Day kind of in a, a tussle there for three and four. You've got Brian Kelly at five. Um, I think I'd probably agree with that. And he is just an outstanding football coach yeah, in, in the, I mean, the truest sense of the word. And that's what this is supposed to be, right? Like, top, yeah. like, like he's a great head football coach. Like, right. Sorry. Like, I know, you know. Six. Lincoln, Lincoln Riley? Lincoln Riley. And I think this is where I get to Fick is at seven. Although uh, I, I could listen to Jimbo at seven and Luke at eight. Jimbo has a national championship. I Kyle Whittingham is kind of like, to me, like another one that's like being that good at Utah for that long, going from the Mountain West to the Pac-12, not getting your teeth kicked in, like becoming – one of the premier programs in the Pac-12. Granted, you got some help from a UCLA and USC that didn't know what the hell they were doing, but like <laughs> right. That that one to me too is like, you know, you're going to be But BCF. if you watch them, they were legit. And and we had yes. to watch them a couple times. They've been legit. Like, and that's the thing is like they're doing it with they're getting good players and they're getting good recruiting classes, but they, they're not like, you know, you're not pulling Elite, elite talent there. And they, so, I mean, they they dog walked Oregon twice this yeah. year. Just they did. So I mean, I think I would probably have Jimbo Fisher next after Lincoln Riley. I mean, he has so an seven extra, Jimbo yeah, Fisher. Seven Jimbo Fisher, and then I'm trying to think: is there anybody else that I just running down the list real quick? Uh, I, I mean, Kurt Ferentz is an outstanding coach, but I hate his style of play so much that I refuse to put him up that high. Yeah. Um, his, you know, allergicness to offense. Do you think James Franklin's low at 24? Yes, definitely. I mean, what he did at Vanderbilt it does not even come close to getting enough conversation. Like, they won eight, <laughs> they won eight games two years in a row. Right. They at Vanderbilt. They haven't won eight games there. I mean, I don't know what they've done recently, but like they had a stretch with Derek Mason and 
uh, some other coach, Bobby Johnson or something, where they didn't win eight games for like four or five years. Yeah. So yeah, twenty four definitely. I mean, like having like David Shaw, I think, is a great coach, but Stanford's dropped off. I don't know what the deal is there. Like James Franklin think- should should be ahead of a lot of those guys in in front of him. Um, How's Mel Tucker ahead of James Franklin? Come yeah, on. that's absurd. Same thing with, like, uh, Sam Pittman should not be ahead of James Franklin. David Shaw should not be ahead of James Franklin. Chip Kelly should not. Dave Aranda <laughs> should not. Pat Fitzgerald should not. <laughs> like Pittman's kind of trying to jump in the boat early on a guy that you think might, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, like, he's, he's made his... a significant splash at Arkansas. Yeah, I mean, they're going to be a top 15-ish team to start the season. they got a great quarterback coming back. Um but yeah, so I mean, like, if you got seven, see, then I get into like a eight, nine, ten. I would have like Luke eight, Wait nine, ten, eight, nine, ten, eleven. To me, would be some something of Luke Whittingham, Mario Cristobal, and James Franklin. Where's Where's your Mike Gundy appreciation level? Uh, probably right behind that group. Okay. I I probably put. I think Aranda's going to be. He might not be there yet. I think he's going to end up up in that. He could be. I just don't know how. I mean, he's been a head coach for two seasons, and one of them stunk. Yeah. So is the is this year? I'm not saying I'm putting him up there now. I'm saying he's just a guy like going forward. Right. Oh, for sure. Like you think he's he's that dude, but like. He's had one good year and one bad year, so it can yeah. kind of go either way. And guess what we weren't doing after 2018? Putting Luke Fickle in the top 10 of anything. No. Just cause, yeah, just because he went 4-8 and eight and then 11-3, and three, like no one was like, oh, yeah, he's definitely a top 10 coach. So you, you kind of have to let a little bit more play out. But, but yeah, Here's I an think, interesting one for you. Yes. Mark Stoops. Way too low at thirty-seven. Absolutely. I, mean, I think he's he's top twenty, probably right. Yeah, I would say top twenty. Like that's a really hard job. You know, you're. Yeah, just for sure top twenty. I mean, look at some of these names ahead of him. Like Dave Doran hasn't done <laughs> doesn't hasn't done anything really that notable at NC State. Thomas Haddock, he's Hammock. He's been a head coach for two years at Northern Illinois, right? Like Lance Leipold had a really good. Lance Leipold was really good at Buffalo, but like, okay, Shane Beamer's been a head coach one year, and he's seven spots ahead of Mark Stoops. Yeah, like Dave Clawson to me, like if we're just talking football coaches, like he's a top twenty easy. Maybe he's right up there. I would have him right up there. In the, and him and Paul Chris probably right up there in the range of that group right after, you know, that 8 through 11-ish group. What do you think of Narduzzi? He's just a... He's, just a, he's a jag? Just he's a guy? A, he's a jag. Just a guy? Like, yeah, he, he, I can't make any argument that he should be any higher than that. I know Mike Leach, Leach is quirky. How the hell do you have him at 41? Yeah, that's just dumb. That's, I mean, that doesn't make any sense at all. No. 
All right. Well, I just thought that would be a, a fun little conversation to have. I think we're both in the same range. Luke, somewhere 7 to 11. Like I, I Yeah, I think I have eight. him in the 8 to 11 range with like Cristobal, James Franklin, and Kyle Whittingham. Like, no one's won a national championship. They've all, you know, had. Luke has made the playoff. The has made the not. playoff. The others have not. Um, no, well. Did get nine guys drafted in one draft, all but one uh, three star or lower. Yeah. I think those are things that, that matter a little oh, bit. Oh, for sure. For sure. So, like, I, I guess if I'm going right now, I'm putting Luke at eight. Like, the other guys have to get to a playoff or or match, you know, the the three-year stretch that UC had for that for that mantle. I think they, 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 they have to be behind Luke for now. You won't but get that's to... not to say they're not nipping on his heels or in, like, no. an equal class. You won't get an argument from me on that. Okay. All right. Well, what else you got? You got anything? Anything? Anything else you want to talk about tonight? I don't know. Um, no, I think that was. That's pretty much. Pretty much it, I guess. How about the chat? You guys got anything you want us to hit on before we get out of here this evening? What would you? What was your take on on the Noah Potter edition? As we do a, a timestamp, brought to you by Urban Artifact. Urban Artifact. Did you know the the Urban Artifact building, the historic St. Patrick Church, is 150 years old? They operate their tap room in the basement and upstairs. They often offer the reliquary and event space. Swing by Urban Artifacts North Side Tap Room Adventure Bearcat Journal to get two dollars off a flight of four. Tasters. Uh, no, no, Potter. I mean, you can't have enough defensive linemen, in my opinion. You got to have ways to get to the quarterback, affect the quarterback. Uh, dude has had some <clears throat> some serious tough injury luck. Uh, yeah. You know, so there's hasn't been. You know, my whole. You know, I don't want to be hypocritical. My whole thing has been with transfers has been about production, um, but I'm not. I'm also not gonna scoff at a traits guy that we've n- never had on the defensive line. Six five and a half, two hundred seventy seven pounds with some athleticism and explosion. Like that's just not a. I mean, we've had six two two seventy five. Six one right. two seventy five, <laughs> right? But but you, six five not, and almost six six two seventy five. We've not had your, you know, prototypical strong side defensive end. Well, and know. here's the thing, right? When we walk into higher ground, we're gonna say, "Oh, right, for sure." Like, that's just the reality of how big this guy is, is we're going to look at him and go, that's that's an impressive looking dude on this roster. Right. And I guess the other thing, too, is, is like his lack of production isn't because he's gotten a lot of reps and hasn't produced. Right. 
So it's you that would... he hasn't gotten a lot of reps because one, there's been NFL guys ahead of him, and two, uh, right, he's, in, he's dealt injured. with injuries. Yeah. So you know, you hope that you can stay healthy and use the all those abilities and traits and everything, and and get some production because they don't really. I mean, I don't know if he's. I wouldn't. I guess I wouldn't really say he's like a speed guy. He kind of fits more of the mold of a little bit more of the mold of what they currently have, but just in a different frame package, right? I mean, he's um, probably a five tech, three down defensive end, or a three tech, four down like inside guy, right? Uh, I mean, he can. Pr- I mean, he can play outside in the four man front. I mean, yeah, I'm not saying he can't. I'm just saying in compa- like, are you putting him outside in a four-man front over Jabari and Malik? I don't know. Or maybe no, Jabari probably, goes inside. You'd and, probably, yeah, I would move one of those guys inside. Yeah. I guess, but that's just a question. Like, if they are in a four-man front, where is he at? Um, and I think does he give strong, you the best? I think he's strong side over the, over the tight end. Yeah. Um, I think that's fair. Yeah. Uh, the other question, I guess, just in general, it, I don't think it's likely we see another transfer. I think it's possible. Always possible. It's always possible. But I think the main thing they're looking for, as we've talked about, I just don't know how many are in the portal, and that's a shutdown corner. Yeah, most of those And if they are, are like... in the portal, good luck getting them. <laughs> those, those dudes are like Eli Ricks, and he's already right. committed to going to Alabama from right. LSU. I mean, right. like seven, the kid from Ohio State's not even any good. And he went, like, Seven Woods isn't even good. Right. And he went, so, I mean, he went somewhere, like, so. Above his talent level. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, what's your overall take of the the Hall of Transfers from Ivan Pace, D'Artanian Tinsley, Nick Mardner, Corey Kiner? Uh, now you've got Noah Potts. Like you really, I think with his, you really struggle with his name, Potter. Noah Potter. You called he, him Micah, Micah Potter like three times. I called him his brother. Well, somebody put his brother's name in the chat, and I couldn't get his brother's name out of my head. Noah and Potter. Now you're, now you're calling him Potts. Potts. Yeah, Noah Potter. Um, I think they've crushed. I mean, I think it's – yeah, I mean, I think it's really good because you're you're filling – That's see, that's what – this is a, a byproduct of the seasons that they've put together and the draft. You're not just filling needs. You're filling needs with with guys that can that you feel can actually impact your team. Right. Like it's, it's one thing to go – we need a defensive end and you just go get a defensive end. Like it's another thing to, to identify needs and be able to target specific guys because their talent level and what you project them to be dictates that they would be value adds. And I think that's what these guys are. And they all fill, they all fill very, very specific roles too, which is important on a good team. Like you don't necessarily need like, the very best wide receiver, but like this wide receiver group, they they identified we need a big receiver. Right, you, know? you can be specific. Right, because you're you're a, a you're you know, we'll just keep it in the city. Like 
the Bengals were very, very specific in free agency in the draft because they have an overall good roster. Like, you know, so same thing with UC. Like, you're not just filling gaps. You're you're ta- you're getting guys that you feel can contribute and fill a need, but that if if they didn't fit what you wanted to do, you wouldn't just be taking a wide receiver. You wouldn't be taking a running back. Like that's the reason you're taking these specific players. Right. There's a, it's amazing what happens when you build things right. How you're available, how you're, um, you have an opportunity to approach things like the transfer portal, which is free agency and do what you said. Like you're looking for traits. You're looking for specifics. You're not just throwing it against the wall and saying, we need, a, we need three wide receivers. We better go get three wide receivers or else our room is going to be decimated. Well, yeah, just look at – use Noah Potter as the example. Like, did they absolutely have to <clears throat> add a defensive lineman? Probably not. But, like, they wanted a specific type of defensive lineman. They weren't going to add another defensive lineman that was similar to Malik. Right, 6'3", 280 pounds. Like, yeah, right. I mean, <clears throat> And so if that person did not present themselves, they wouldn't have added another defensive lineman. Right. Um, since Dave isn't going to Provo, what are your top three Big 12 basketball and or football away trip stadiums? Number one is easy, right? Kansas for basketball. Kansas basketball, yes. That's number one, and it's not particularly um, close. No, not at all. Um, I mean, Oklahoma State's football stadium is supposed to be pretty fantastic, right? Yeah, I want to. I want to go there. I mean, number two for me is West Virginia. Okay, just to get back there, like I have a blast every time I've gone there. Um, like of the of the new teams, like you know, Oklahoma State, Baylor, TCU. I mean, they're all kind of <clears throat> none of them outside of Kansas basketball. There's not like a holy shit, you know, right? I have to be there the very, very first time. And Grant, we probably like the first time you see plays Kansas, I will be there. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm I mean, making that that's, drive. That's something that you do everything you can to get to, right? And because none I of, can get a media pass, like I don't have to yeah, worry about none of the other or... ones. None of the other ones are like I'm, you know, waiting in bated breath to see what weekend that comes out because my my calendar is totally revolved around that trip. Um, but the Iowa State is, it doesn't mean I'm not pretty... excited to go to them, but like it definitely more on the football side. Like um, I don't know. Okay. I think the basketball side might have the better like, like Gallagher Iba is supposed to be a really nice place. Oh yeah. I mean that has the more of the like broad spectrum, like going to Oklahoma State, going to Baylor, going to uh, Kansas State. Iowa State, like, they would all be, you know, I mean, you could easily get a ticket at Houston or UCF. That wouldn't be a problem. Right. Uh, BYU would be actually, BYU would probably be second behind Kansas as far as basketball. I mean, the Marriott Center is like 25,000 people. Like, it's packed. They play, is it the Jazz? They play in the Jazz Arena? No, I think they have their own, their own arena. seats? 
Oh, it's like I might be exaggerating that element of it, but like I, I'm pretty sure they have their own place. That's okay. It's pretty awesome. Um, Fair. Good question. Good question. No fall. Ryan J- Ryan Royer is not on the roster. The J back for another year. The J Willard Marriott Center seats twenty two thousand seven hundred. And then I see another one. Then I see another one down here that says nineteen thousand. But still, that's that's pretty damn big for college. Yeah, maybe nineteen thousand, like twenty two thousand, if they they are using the floor as seating for like a concert or something. Like if uh, you know the hottest Christian rock band. Oh wait, now it says I'm I'm obviously I'm going off of of Wikipedia, but uh, seating capacity for basketball is eighteen nine eighty seven. Yes, it's been lowered. It was from nineteen seventy one to two thousand twelve. It was twenty two seven hundred. Then it was twenty twenty thousand nine fifty one, and since twenty fifteen, it's right around nineteen thousand. So they've obviously done updates, which have included probably premium seating, right? Has lowered so the number, right. but yeah, I mean nineteen thousand. You know, big, yeah, they pack it and because they've been, I mean, they're a perennial NCAA tournament team. So, yeah. No, I don't know why Royer's still on there. Uh, he's not coming back for another year. He has a, <laughs> uh, he has a full time job that he's, he's uh, moved on to. And uh, we're actually going to have him on here soon. Um, we've been trying, we, we were going to have him on uh, during the draft show. And just didn't have a chance. I'd love to get him on one Friday if we could one Friday afternoon for like a uh, like a happy hour because I think he'd be a blast. Uh, be a little something different uh, to watch the Mountaineers and Bearcats play is something I was born into. Dave wasn't born into it, but it is family for him, right? Yes, my brother went went there, so. I went to the first ever game that they sold beer against LSU. Oh, God. How was that? They ran out uh, in the <laughs> second quarter, I want to say, or third quarter. That's great. Um, that was when they had Tyron Matthew and uh, all those dudes. It was a fun fun game. And then, yeah. <clears throat> obviously, been to a couple Bear, you know, Bearcat, Mountaineer football and basketball games. Quite a, little, um, quite a little thunderstorm going on right now. I know. That's why I had to have you and Aaron talk a few minutes ago. It was rolling through northern Kentucky, and uh, the the big dog does not does not thunderstorm well. The little <laughs> one doesn't care. The, the, the little one's like, you know, whatever. I'm trying to take a nap here. The big one shakes and curls up into a ball and thinks the world's coming to an end. So Yeah, I don't know where the, where the cats are hiding, so. Um, stranger things have happened, Paul. Yeah, I, I I'd love to have Royer back. I love Ryan Royer. You guys know that. Um, but I actually had uh, I ran into Cope Cope Garodsky uh, out at dinner with Kelly one night. Look, we were we we were sitting at the bar having dinner, and he was waiting for a table. I think with his girlfriend and his girlfriend's family. And I saw him, and I was like, "Is that?" And then he looked over, and I'm like, "What's that?" <laughs> he came over and talked for a few minutes. Celebrities, yeah, celebrities. I, his parent, his girlfriend's parents were obviously impressed that you know somebody at the restaurant recognized at, him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
had, how could you not be? Right. I mean, <laughs> they, they, when they left, they definitely said, honey, you really need to marry this young man. <laughs> well, the mom was like, is that Chad Brendel? <laughs> I listened to his podcast. No, no, she didn't. No, she didn't. You know how awkward that is having uh, wives and, and female fans come up. Like I listen to your podcast all the time and I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> you listen to it or you're forced to listen to it when you ride in the car with your husband or it's, boyfriend? It's usually that, but there are a couple that like, no, I make him listen to it. And I'm like, huh? Huh, yeah. Maybe you should yeah. get it. Maybe you should get a new model. Oh. <laughs> uh, <coughs> yeah, sorry. Right. You know. I don't I don't really have much else to you. I don't think so. Or, you know, we, we're still in that, you know, guess what? Not even One next more week. week. No, not One even more next week. Next week we'll have a guest. Yes. Hopefully. That's been worked out, but you never know. Uh, and then the week after we will talk probably a lot of recruiting. And then camp season starts and we'll have another recruiting weekend after that. And... Then, then season, I go on vacation. Then season preview stuff starts to matriculate out. So we're getting there. We're yeah, two oh, and I, a half months from the start of camp. I did. Uh, we're 100, 100. What did I tweet today? 103 days until the Arkansas game. Yeah, we're right there. Um, but um, Stuart Mandel did put out like a post spring practice top 25. He had UC at 23, I believe. That's fair. He had uh, Houston, I believe, at 19. Arkansas at 16. And that's kind of what I've said. But right now I'd have Houston a slight tick ahead of Cincinnati just because. Oh, did, did were you? I found this out very recently this week, I think. Did you know Alton McCaskill tore his ACL in spring practice? Yeah, yeah. I did not I hear that. that. Yeah. That's a bummer. Yeah. That hurts because that was that was their bell cow. Um, but I, I still just think like you return a quarterback with that much experience, you get a a slight advantage, all things. I mean, you, you also return the what should be this year Both the best your defense. Well, the best offensive player in the conference. Yeah. Nathaniel Dell. Yeah. So. So you have a, a very veteran quarterback and the best receiver slash offensive player in the league. And a solid defense. Yeah. I mean, I think they've got some stuff that they have to replace on the defensive line. They do. But. But it's not like they're they're decimated and, and no. having to like, you know, no. completely start over defensively. Yeah. I mean. If they're if if they're if they're gonna win the league, this is the year. For sure. Literally. I'd have them I mean I, that's where I next if they're nineteen and Cincinnati's twenty-three, I, I agree with that assessment. Like I think that's I have I honestly like I have no problem wherever you see is in any preseason. I don't either. Because like if you don't want to have if you don't want to have in the top twenty five, I'm not really gonna argue that. Like you the amount of talent they're replacing leaves a lot of questions to be answered that you that most people would say I just need to see like we might think that there's great people to step into those roles but we don't 
100% know that. Like, we're not – I can't say that I'm uber confident that, like, with either quarterback, that they're just not going to miss a beat. Right. So, if you if you don't have them in the top 25, like, I don't care. Like, whatever. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not going to be offended by – or up in arms, like, I, I don't have Cincinnati in my top five – or top I mean, 25. Realistically, okay. like – Okay. You have a, a a team coming off of the playoff that had nine guys drafted, plus you know whatever other losses. I think it would be totally acceptable to think that that is not a top twenty-five team the next year. Right. More than fair. More than fair. Without like an influx of like you know high Uber, high 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 end transfers. transfers. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, the point I was making is if Houston's 19, I have no problem with Cincinnati 23. Cause I think Houston is a slight tick better than Cincinnati, but I don't think it's a significant tick. Right. Yeah. See where I'm I coming mean, from? I, yeah, I would still have UC ahead of them, but that's just me. I don't think any of these teams are tough enough to beat them, but whatever. I mean that's fine. I, I don't I don't have a major problem with that stance either. Right. I just error on the side of the team that's got a quarterback that's been there for twelve years. Yeah, because we've we played against we've, Brian Kelly. He's the same as Des Ritter. For yeah, he's Des Ritter. He's Houston's Des Ritter. He just Des Ritter's not in his way anymore. I have no idea what Jeffrey's talking about that I already have it all scheduled. What do I have scheduled? You were talking about the pre, like, oh, like the next several weeks, how things are going to play out over the next like three months. Yeah. Yeah. Paul's wife listens during football season as they're driving down from Chicago. We appreciate that, Paul, and thank her as I have done. I have, I've met Paul and his, his wonderful wife. They sit, they typically sit uh, right behind. Right at the top of my section. Outstanding. Love, uh, yeah. love me some Paul Brinker. I'm just hopeful to, uh, you know, have a, a reason to bring five to six confetti cannons to every game again this year. <laughs> right? I mean, I think you'll be okay. I think there'll be plenty of touchdowns scored by this uh, offense. Yeah, I, I, I do as well. But, hey, you never know. All right, well. That's gonna do it. Oh, is, we do. Uh, we do. I do want to touch on one basketball thing. Okay. So I, I will not begrudge you and Aaron for this because uh, I know that neither one of you are like big country music fans. Mm-hmm. But anyone who listens to country music and especially Garth Brooks would have known immediately looking at that picture that that was Garth Brooks. Like I, I did not take I, me. I, it, I've had people that listen to country say that they looked at that picture and had no clue it was oh, Garth Brooks. No, oh my god! See, that to me is just stunning. Like uh, instantly, I knew that was Garth Brooks in like less than one second. I knew it was Garth Brooks as much as I knew that that was Demar Johnson. I loathe and detest Chris or Chris, whoever it was, Lepore. Yeah, I loathe and detest country music. So <laughs> <laughs> that's just me. Well, you should go to some of the country music shows that I go to. I think you would have a wonderful time. I'm good. Because it's not really radio country music. Well, it's all terrible. 
you're, you're wrong, my friend. But uh, but yeah, that was was like strangely obvious. I, to me, at least. Okay, that's fine. And uh, I've had, and they're probably more, much more casual country fans. Yeah, I mean, like if like I've been to Garth, I've listened to Garth for a long, long time. Like, you know, if you don't like truly follow it, like you you think of Garth from like the '90s and don't when music videos were big and all that stuff. And like, you don't see him as like the person that's aged and what he looks like with a beat, you know, the way he looks now. Yeah. That's fair. But, uh, yeah, it was, uh, Garth is, Garth is a good time. That dude, I don't know how he does it. 60 years old and just goes yeah. like, it's cause they play. He, he is a, quite a uh, showman. It's because they go play. What was it called? <laughs> like, winner, winner, loser. Play basketball every day on the road to, to keep yourself in shape for. A, that's the other part that's even crazier is like not only is he sixty, he hoops every day and then goes and puts on like a two and a half hour show where he's running around the stage the whole time. We versus they. Yeah, we versus they. It's it's we versus they every day. That's why he's able to to put on the type of show that he does there. Dave. Yes. Yes. All right. That was fun. Like that was a fun couple days of weekend content, though. That's oh, it's, if, it's like, hilarious. Like it's it's hilarious weekend me, content, as, a, as a as a fan, it's hilarious to me that like like dude shows up to hoop and people are like, who the hell? Yeah, I don't know who that is. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, Brady, I don't know what they were running. I'll ask him. Uh, maybe we'll ask him. Next time he's on the the bounce, uh, yeah. Schmamater yeah, eighteen, almost eighteen miles an hour running up a hill. That seemed. I mean, like what? Nineteen to twenty miles an hour, twenty one miles an hour is like a fourth four in the four threes. So that's I'm not sure I'm buying. Like that's a hard sell. Well, I mean, they have the. I know, but like the monitors on, they're not making it up. No, I know. It's just. Yes, Crypt Keeper it was, and I believe it was only one of the handful of times that Garth has ever worn... We talked one of seven times he's a, worn... A uniform yeah. in a concert. Yes. Now, remember, Dave, that, that also could be 20 yards at that speed. Sure. Could be five it, it's yards. not necessarily... <laughs> or five yards at that speed, right? Like, it's not necessarily like a, you know, this is how long they were running for an extended period of time. It is the top speed they hit while they were running. Right. I mean, for, for one guy, it could be at the 12 yard mark and another guy, they could be like a long right. speed guy. And it's right. at the end, towards the end. Right. Up a hill, I'm guessing probably more towards the beginning or the middle. Yeah. Just before, before you're, you know, too tired. Yes. All right. You have a wonderful night, my friend. I will see you next week. Uh, hopefully some more crazy shit happens in college sports, and we'll talk about it. That'd be good. <laughs> He's Dave Simone. I'm Chad Brendel. Thank you, Aaron Smith, as always, the man behind the curtain. We'll see you next time. It's the Holy Grail BCJ podcast right here on BearcatJournal.com.